Hello and welcome to the Dads Off Duty podcast. As always, I am your host, Seth Michaels, joined by... Jason Katie. Who else? How's it going, Seth? That lazy bastard. He was so upset last week when he's like, I wanted to say my own name. And then I set him up for it this time and it took him like three seconds to say it. I just... It's rare that you take a pause and let me talk, so I was just, like, astonished. And here I am trying to be a good co-host, and... So if we settled on that, we're co-hosts, you're not the host, we're co-hosts. Right, co-hosts. Co-host. Hosting. Yes, I'm I'm willing to do that. You're more important than I am, anyway. You're more beautiful than I am. As you can see on our Instagram account, there's a picture of him up there, and he is smashing. Wow. Did my wife pay you to say that? <laughs> Fantastic. That's, that's between her and I. Um, but we're going to start doing something. We're gonna, I'm going to try to start the show each episode with a dad joke. And recently... My kid is four years old, and we're really trying to get the ABCs down and and writing them. It's something that every dad has to go through, right? Teaching your kid the ABCs. Absolutely. So as I was writing, we were writing the letters A, B, C, the start of the alphabet. I had a terrifying vision. A, B, C, a literal sea of bees. That is how we start our alphabet, with a sea of bees. And to me, there is nothing more terrifying than that. And I just have to say, that's not acceptable from a dad's perspective. I mean, just, it's terrible, and I don't approve. Man, this is how we're starting? Okay. Oh, oh, come on. Nothing? Oh, you! I, I saw you. I saw you smile. It was a pity smile. No, everybody loves letter jokes. It's it's right up there with, uh, "Hey, Dad, I'm hungry." Classic. Yeah. So good. My wife, bless her soul, bought me a shirt for Father's Day this year. As I said last episode, I'm really into science, and the shirt she bought me says. I tell dad jokes periodically, and it's got the, like, uh, jokes and periodic uh, table. So that's pretty cool. (laughs) I'm the, (laughs) you guys will find out, but I am the biggest nerd. I'm like the king of nerds. I mean, you've got nerd in your Twitter handle, so you might as well plug (laughs) that. What's that again? Right. Seth for nerds. That's Seth, the number four nerds got it yeah Mock so what, what, what are we talking about today seth what's going on what's on the agenda we, we are going to be talking about a very serious topic and that is school and coronavirus and what it has done to our lives as parents um my child is four so he just did his first air quotes, day of school, um, got him all dressed up, took a picture of him holding the sign. It was real cute, like real adorable. Um, so we just did his first day of school this week. That's when it was. Uh, 
and it was it was really special for him. So I, I guess that you know it, it it's also special for me at that point. But it just it really hits home when you're seeing that, and you realize that the following day when he should be going to school again, he doesn't have another school day. Uh, he has to you know do his schoolwork from home, which we did tonight, and I'll get into that later because that was pleasurable. A pleasurable experience. Air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it, I mean, it was a good, like I said, it was a good experience for him. Uh, he really enjoyed his first day of school, so that was really nice. No tears or anything like that. But kind of nerve-wracking for me and kind of upsetting that we even have to be in this state uh, of matters at the moment, you know? Now, did he go at all last year when he was three? Did, does he have any um, background or, or did, you know, leaving home for a while and not being with you or his mom? Yeah, he's been in daycare pretty much the whole time um, since he's been, you know, probably about six months old or so. He's He's been in daycare, but he's never been in, you know, the structured environment of school where, hey, it's now time to do, you know, this act this specific activity and you need to concentrate on this specific activity sort of thing. Um, so, I mean, it was different for him in that way, but he's used to being away from us. It was just more ceremonial than anything, but just kind of, like I said, hit home to me that he doesn't get to do that because he really enjoys it. He doesn't get to go to his classroom every day. So so what's the what's the setup then? I guess I'm confused because I, I was under the impression that he is in school in person, but you're saying it's not? Is it, it hybrid? What is it? Yeah, it's hybrid. Where I live in Wisconsin, um, the way that they have set up classes is he does two days a week like in his classroom, and then the other three days are at home where we do projects and stuff and work on whatever it is the teacher sent home for him here at home. Um, but he still is going to daycare during those times because both, well, my wife is working and currently I'm unable to care for a child because I recently had my hip surgery and you can't chase after a four-year-old if you've had hip surgery recently. I'll take your word on that. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's like, Hey, don't. Like, don't jump off of the couch, but I can't get up there to, I can't do anything to stop you from doing it. So let's just hope you listen to the words that I'm saying. Yeah, I I hear that. Um, So how many hours a day when he is in, quote, school, uh, how how many hours is he going? Uh, About three and a half or so. Okay, yeah, it's a it's a pretty long day for a four year old. I mean, my my four year old's going to be doing that um, next week. I'm sorry, two weeks from now it starts her preschool. So um, last year she went for two days a week, two hours, um, and now this week or this year it's going to be three days, three hours a day. So it's a pretty good pretty good jump. Um, it's a long time for a four year old, three hours to be you know in a structure like you said. It's, being told, okay, this is time to sit down, we're going to listen to a story, or now it's time to go over here and do this project. Um, at least for my four-year-old, is <laughs> it might be a, it's going to be a challenge. I mean, it's a ch- challenge for every four-year-old doing that. I mean, 
Yeah. Um, now in Minnesota, do does your four year old need to wear a mask? No, she won't need to wear a mask because I, this is my my uh, my thinking is that because she's not leaving the room and going to other rooms, like when they get in the room at the beginning of the day, they stay there with those same kids, same teacher. The teacher will be wearing a mask, but uh, because I don't think they're intermingling with other um, classes or just, you know, like I said, walking down the halls and stuff like that, they're able to not wear masks. Yeah. In where we live, it's any child uh, over five has to wear a mask. Okay. So, yeah. And, and I was going to say, and, and I think if the rule was changed, because my wife and I have been going back and forth um, in, the, in the last few weeks debating whether or not to send her and right now we're we're leaning towards sending her and of course like i said we're about two weeks away so we could always drop out if we want to but that was one of the make or breaks for us is that if she had to wear a mask every day for three hours um that almost was a deal breaker for us it, we've seen her wear masks you know because we've gone into a few stores and they've had doctor's appointments and stuff and for a four-year-old to wear a mask longer than a half hour at least my four-year-old that would have been a chore. Um, so because they're not wearing, needing to wear a mask, I think we're going to leaning towards, you know, that and other reasons we're, we're leaning towards sending her. Luckily, my kid enjoys wearing his mask, even if none of his friends are wearing his mask. That's kind of a plus for me. He's He doesn't have to at school. He doesn't have to wear his mask. Um, sometimes he'll start out the day and say, hey, can I wear my mask? Yeah, absolutely. You can wear your mask. But if he doesn't want to, I don't force him to wear his mask at school. Because, again, none of the other kids are doing it, and I couldn't expect him to keep it on all day. Um, now the teacher is wearing a mask, I'm assuming? Yeah, yep, all of the teachers uh, are wearing a mask. Now, his situation is a little unique. His school, his 4K, is in his uh, daycare. So they have daycare and 4K in the same building. So when he finishes his... 4k and this is where it's a little bit different where he finishes his 4k he goes to his daycare room but and this is pretty cool and one of the reasons that we enjoy where he's at right now is his 4k classroom is only students from his normal daycare room so like we don't have any students in that classroom that are from you know outside of the daycare i think that's key because I almost think of daycare, and I have a friend of mine who takes their kids to daycare. It, it's it's pretty much a cesspool, right? I mean, depending on how many kids are, especially are in the room. I mean, her my daughter's preschool, I think, is going to have about 20 or so, maybe just 20. I, I think that's about the, the limit. But, like, when you start getting up higher than that, um, man, and even if they're taking temperatures every morning and stuff, like I, I think they're going to do um, – Still, a part of me uh, thinks, you know, this is a daycare, right? So more likely than not, you're sending your kid there because you have to go to work and you really don't have a choice. So maybe there's a morning or mornings where you or your kid wake up and you're not feeling great, but it's like, hey, I got to go to work. I got to make money. So I'm going to be dropping my kid off regardless. And, you know, maybe there's a, there's a, you know, a chance there that they might have something. So... Dangers yeah, are, whew, that's scary, it, man. It is really scary. And the unfortunate thing is, and I, I'm not going to get into the my own political beliefs behind this, is, but 
it just goes to show how places that could have, you know, um, like a universal healthcare system where, and specified days off for every employee when they're sick, that these people could be being taken care of by the companies that they work for. But that's not the environment that we live in. If you don't show up to work, you're docked. Uh, you you don't get paid for that day. You could have you could be on a system like uh, where I currently work at the pharmacy, where if you miss a day, you like lose points on a like a scale of points. If you go past a certain amount of points, you're immediately terminated. Uh, so people are pretty much forced to go to work, and it's really terrifying that you know <laughs> that has to be the case. Yeah, because I think because of that decision or because of, of the way that that system is set up, people might be making decisions differently than they would if times were normal. And uh, that, like I said, that that's scary. Um, and, you know, I've done some research, and I, like we all have, right? Um, kids, I think, on average, are probably less likely to get the coronavirus that causes all these terrible symptoms that we've read about. But even if that's the case, and even if you believe that, even if it's a half of a percent, you know what I mean? That's still a half percent that my kid could lose their sense of smell or taste for months and months. We, we know people, my, my wife has some friends that got coronavirus and they still, they got it back in March. To this day, they still can't taste or smell. They've lost those senses and they have no idea if they're bringing them back. And if something like that happened to my kids, I would feel so guilty. Um, so, I mean, you know, dads and moms are listening to this, just like, you know, just like me, I'm sure you're thinking the same thing. Like, every decision you make that affects your child's life, um, I know you're probably second, third guessing yourself like I am, and it's it's tough. Yeah, the other thing, and, and you really hit home at a, you really hit home on a point that I care about. And you said, even if it's half a percent, and I see all of these, you know, because we're all on social media, unfortunately, and not all of us, but we use social media and we see people say, oh, it, you know, it only affects pe kids at half a percent. But when did our children start becoming just a number to us? Even, even if, you know, one child dies, from this that's one child that belonged to a parent that's one child too many um and even if it's not people say oh it's you know our children are safe you know but what about the people they come home to one of the terrible things about coronavirus is that oftentimes you don't show symptoms for days and days and days you can be a carrier for it give it to somebody without knowing it so your child could go to school come home, give it to you, you go see your parent or a different family member that might have an underlying condition, which makes them more susceptible to the disease. And it becomes literally deadly serious at that point. Um, it's just, the whole situation is just a huge, just a huge cluster. Um, I do want to ask you, because you had a school-age child, uh, you have a school-age child that was in school when it first started. So how did, how was that? Like, how is the experience now different from the experience then? Yeah, great question. So my my oldest is is six now. Um, she was five at the time, so she was in kindergarten when this started. She's now in first grade. 
Um, so back in March when this first happened, um, I think we dropped her off on that Thursday, whatever that was in March, middle of March. And uh, when we went to, when we went to, we dropped her off that Friday, we knew that morning was going to be her last day for however long. Of course, we didn't know at the time. So they said, you know, Friday, you know, Thursday night, we got the, the email, the text, whatever, saying tomorrow, <clears throat> if you choose to send your kid in, we're going to send you home with a ton of supplies, ton of things for them to do. And, you know, we'll figure this out. Um, so choose to bring your kid in if you want. It's up to you. Otherwise, you can pick up the, the supplies later. But Friday is the last day until a time to be determined we we sent our child and we, we sent her in because we knew it might be the last day for a while and um whatever whatever reason so we, we sent her in of the 23 kids in her class i think less than 10 showed up that day so you're already getting that feeling when you dropped her off like oh man am i making the right decision like i'm looking around doing the percentages in my head like man okay i'm, I'm in the minority here what am i doing <clears throat> Um, so, uh, after that week we went into a, they called it, I don't know if they called it remote learning, whatever they called it, virtual something. It was, um, it was very haphazard. They really were doing it at the fight by the seat of their pants. It was, you know, you weren't sitting in front of a computer all day, you know, with a live lesson. It was your teacher was submitting a 30 second video, asking you a question or giving you a craft to do. And then you it, it, this app called Flipgrid, um, may, maybe some parents are familiar with it. So they get a video message from the teacher once a day with a task or a question or a craft to do. And then they would have to, you know, me or my wife would film uh, my oldest with the response. And that it was like literally every day. I mean, she probably did a half an hour's worth of work at a time. So and that was it. And that was from March until the end of the school year, which was, you know, June. So for those three months, I, I almost, it, she wasn't even in school, to be honest with you. It, she wasn't learning, really. Um, so that was last year. Now we're going into this, this, new, uh, this new, new school year. And if I can segue for a minute, because now we're in day, we, we just finished day two. And before I talk about that, I'm getting real thirsty and I'm really going to need, uh, need something to help me. So if you can play the music, please. All right, Seth. So I got this drink. I want you to tell me what you think of when you see this drink. What I think of is like, uh, it, to me, it thinks it reminds me of orange soda. <laughs> okay, the camera's not showing it very well because this is more of a pinky color. See, it looked more pink before when I saw it. So, yeah. Just... It does look orange in this light. You're right. Uh, yeah. What totally. kind of glass is this? Do you, do you know what kind of glass this is in? It's a martini glass. It is a martini glass. So, um, so this, this, um, this drink I looked up today, it's called the Pencil Eraser. Ooh, I mean, I think it's fitting for the, for the discussion fitting. we're having, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the thing. So if you were to ask me what kind of liquor I like most or what kind of drinks I drink most, it's whiskey drinks. This drink, I'm going to post a picture of this on our Instagram. Um, this is not a drink I would ever order at a bar or make for myself. This is a 
basically a martini. Um, let me tell you how to make this. Again, this is not something I've ever had before. But hey, we're in this together. <laughs> so what you do is you take one lemon, you cut it into eight wedges, and three strawberries, you kind of cut off the top of those, you put it in a shaker glass, and you muddle it. So you get all the, get all the good juices there. And then you add uh, about two ounces of simple syrup. We talked about that last week. You remember what that is? Yeah, we also talked about muddling. We did. See? Hey, we're built. See, we're, I'm building the foundation, and then we're just going to keep on going up. Um, two ounces of vodka. That's a liquor I rarely, if ever, drink. Don't I like, like it. I like it, the vodka. You do. And then about a half ounce of cranberry juice. You throw some ice in the shaker. You shake it up. And then you strain it into a martini glass. And I have a nice little garnish of a uh, strawberry slice on the top. So it, it looks real fancy. Trying it for the first time right now. He did. It's like very it. fruity. No, it's 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 <laughs> super sweet. Two ounces of simple syrup to two ounces of vodka. That's equal parts. That's oh, man, I'm putting that down. Um. <laughs> I don't know. That's you know what guys are not all going to be winners. I'm sorry. But maybe if you like sweet vodka drinks, you would like that one. So that's called the uh, the pencil eraser. The pencil okay. eraser. All right. Now that we finished J Man's drink uh, tonight, I have already finished my beer, um, unfortunately. But I can tell you with certainty, and it might be a beer that you've already tried. But tonight I was drinking a Blue Moon and a... Oh. Yeah, you probably heard of it. Um, I've heard of it. That's the one you have to have with an orange slice, right? Yes. And uh, now, granted, I didn't have like an actual like big orange, but I did have like cuties. So <laughs> I took some cuties and I broke it open and I just like sprinkled a couple in my drink. <laughs> and it... You you know what? It was actually really good. Um, the the Blue Moon's really easy to drink. I could actually see you enjoying a, a beer like that. Uh, kind of kind of fruity, um, really easy on the palate. But uh, I already had mine and it was delicious. Um, now to to cleanse the fruitiness of that, I have another beer here. Uh, last week's IPA. I'm gonna cleanse my fruity drink with a bitter IPA. Excellent. Okay, so while you while you do that IPA, let's uh, let's get back to uh, the task at hand. So, oh. like I said, yes, go ahead. Um, before we talk about, uh, I'm assuming you're about to talk about your kid's school now. Yes. Before we do that, I do want to talk about some information that I was looking up while we were on the podcast, and I think is important. This is information that the CDC released over the summer, talking about how your kids schooling should kind of be it. Now I'm going to read this off. It might sound kind of dry and boring, but it's probably important for you to hear anyway. Um, so yeah, this is coming directly from the, the CDC website talking about school and coronavirus. As families and policymakers, policymakers make decisions about their children returning to school. It is important to consider the full spectrum of benefits and risks 
of both in-person and virtual learning options, parents are understandably concerned about the safety of their child at school in the wake of COVID-19. The best available evidence indicates if children become infected, they are far less likely to suffer severe sy symptoms. And it has links to the information where they access that. So it has... Um, reliable sources there. Death rates among school-age children are much lower than among adults. Now, at this point, I'm not already liking this because it sounds like it's saying, yeah, kids don't get sick and die, but it, they still do. Um, so again, treating kids as a number, not a huge fan. But at the same time, the harms attributed to closed schools on the social, emotional, and behavioral health, economic well-being, and academic, academic achievement of children in both the short and long term are well-known and significant. Further, the lack of in-person educational options disproportionately harms low-income and minority children and those living with disabilities. These students are far less likely to have access to private instruction and care and far more likely to rely on key school-supported resources like food programs, special education services, counseling, and after-school programs to meet basic developmental needs. Now, this is something that I can speak from ex from experience as a kid. My family, we didn't grow up wealthy or rich by any imagination at all. Um, and most often, the, the best meal that I received, I got at school. I would often be eating, you know, whatever my friends didn't want to eat on their plates because I was like, I'm not going to get this much food later. Um, and that's that's terrible to think about that there are families that are going through that and even worse to think about that, the, that there are families that might not have parents that who are at work right now, who maybe the parents themselves are sacrificing their food intake for their children or whatever the case may be. Just know that I know from experience that it, at least from a kid's perspective, it's really difficult. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I, the plus side to parents here is when I was a kid, I wasn't really thinking about it that my parents don't provide for me. So as parents, just know that you can do as best as you possibly can and uh, continue to provide as best possible care for your children right now. But just know that, um, you know, at least from my perspective, when I was a kid, I wasn't blaming my family, you know, for a lack of food, um, even though it was it was difficult. It, you know, there's there are always people there that are willing to help. I just wanted to throw that out there um, just from my own personal experience. I was going to say on that point, I was just going to say, um, I know t a lot of times districts will have meals that are free for kids. A lot of times even breakfast. Right. So like you can come in if you're you meet a certain criteria, you can come in early every morning and get a free breakfast. And I know in these times, um, what our school district is doing, for example, is they're opening that up, but now it's lunch. Um, but any day of the week, you can go uh, to any one, four or five schools in the district and pick up as many lunches as you want, no questions asked. You don't even have to have your kids with you. And they're just like, you come up, you tell us how many you need, and we'll give you meals of that quantity. And come every day if you want. I mean, that's great. Um, it's great to any... To any district that's doing that, that's absolutely wonderful, and um, I, I applaud any any school system that's that's implementing those rules. Basically, disproportionately affects children of of low income and who have disabilities. 
Um, aside from a child's home, no other setting has more influence on a child's health and well-being than their school. The in-person school environment does the following for children. Provides educational instruction, obviously. Supports the development of social and emotional skills. Creates a safe environment for learning. Something that, as parents, we know is difficult. Not the safe part, but really like providing an environment for learning that's conducive to learning to their kids that's maybe away from some of their toys or other distractions um when kids are home it's generally oh it's playtime or oh it's something else so we understand that it's it's hard sometimes to to get your kids into that learning mindset at home um addresses nutritional needs and facilitates physical activity um schools just have larger facilities to move around in um so and then the this next part i just want to read a little bit uh goes over what the cdc recommends for educational instruction uh along the COVID guidelines extended school closure is harmful to children it can lead to severe learning loss and the need for in-person instruction is particularly important for students with heightened behavioral needs such as those with perhaps ADHD or maybe children who are on the autism spectrum or maybe students who have dyslexia, um, any, you know, learning disability, it is really important for kids to be in school to have access to the type of education where they can learn properly um, and with specific guidelines. Following the wave of school closures in March, uh, 2020, due to COVID-19, academic learning slowed for most children and stopped for some. Something that even you know J-Man talked about. Uh, his child was only working. You said 30 minutes a day uh, about um, uh, at least doing school activities. And I'm sure we, as parents, we all do our best to teach our kids every day. But a survey of 477 school districts by the University of Washington Center on Reinventing Public Education found that far too many schools are leaving learning to chance. Just one in three school districts expected teachers to provide instruction, track student engagement, or monitor academic progress for all students. And wealthy school districts were twice as likely to have such expectations compared to low-income districts. So... Uh, again, just kind of talks about the importance of uh, being in school and um, for our children's development. And I strongly recommend, I'm going to have this link in the description to the podcast where you can go and check it out and, you know, read more of kind of what I was reading there. Uh, and and just do your own research, and that's really important to you know make your own decisions based on what you believe is right for your kids. Yeah, along the lines of what you just said. Um, so I I just um, saw my cousin last weekend, and his his wife, you know, you, you talked about kids with ADHD or on the autism spectrum. She is a teacher of uh, teacher of special education students. So a lot of these have uh, severe mental disabilities. So she's in the classroom and, you know, she's changing diapers, for example. Um, she, you know, she's feeding them um, because they can't feed themselves. Um, and when I talked to her just last weekend, you know, this was two days when I was talking to her, it was two days prior to school opening. And she had no answers as to how her day is going to look like. They go, you know, she was thinking there's a potential that she was going to be put in a hazmat suit because if you think about 
everything she's going to be in con- come in contact with, th- there's no way to avoid the different fluids, you know, that she's going to be probably coming in contact with. And but it's like, you know, if she needs to do her job and she has to do her job, it's going to happen. So I don't envy that at all. I mean, and I know, you know, the, the folks that we're talking about um, are probably a lower percentage, but it needs to be it needs to be figured out. And politics aside, one person I do not envy is Betsy DeVos, who is the Secretary of Education. Um, I know you're laughing, but um, we all have our <laughs> we all have our opinions on her. But still, um, regardless of that, um, I, I, you know, from her down to the superintendents to principals um, and, and down to teachers, that this is not it's 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 a tough tough road. I don't envy any of those educators right now. Yeah. And that's something that maybe that we can, uh, I just want to talk about real quick is I know several teachers and people that are in the schools and, and doing all of these extracurricular thing, curricular, God, I can't talk too many drinks tonight. Um, doing all of these extra things to make students lives and projects and learning as enjoyable as possible. So, uh, if you're listening out there and you have a drink, whether it be an alcoholic drink or even just a glass of water, raise one up to the educators that are educating your children and just, uh, you know, just acknowledge them. And and if and if it's possible for you to just show your support to them, because as parents now, we finally understand how difficult it is to educate our children and just how good of a job they do every day in trying to make your child's life as fulfilling as possible. So cheers to any educators who might be out there that are listening. Um, and I know you guys are doing a great job in the worst possible circumstances. Um, Absolutely. We salute you. Yeah. And one thing that I wanted to mention is I have a twin sister. Um, don't. Yeah, I won't. I won't get into that. Maybe another day. I have a twin sister, but she also teaches um, students with learning disabilities. She has a degree in American Sign Language, and she also um, works with like you know high risk kids. She has to do her job with these students completely remote, and I can't even imagine what it's like trying to. And she works in a high school. I can't even imagine what it's like trying to teach high schoolers that are in her program. Um, so kudos to you. Kudos to the parents that are doing their absolute best of trying to, you know, keep their child educated right now. And whatever your your school district is saying needs to be done, just basically everybody, you're doing awesome and, you know, keep doing what you have to. Absolutely. Um, so my wife was a teacher for uh almost 10 uh, 10 years let me do the math here 2004 yeah about about 10 years prior to when we started having kids and after that point you know she's been off for the last six years um so she was an elementary education teacher um last six years she's been off you know raising our kids doing an amazing job and you know next year my youngest is going to go into kindergarten which is full day so her plan has always been uh, she's going to go back into the classroom next year. So this year, segueing into uh, <laughs> how this year is going so far, you know, she's finding herself, like you said, 
teaching teaching kids again because she is in the thick of it right now with my my oldest my first grader so if i can talk about that for a minute um even backing up a little bit over the summer you know when all this was starting to get figured out at the beginning in the middle of the summer the district came out and finally said okay here's the plan we are going to give you an option you are going to have an in person option where you go in everything's normal you wear masks but you are in-person instruction five days a week. Or you can do this virtual thing where you are at home, computer screen, and you are learning that way. Or there's maybe a third option we're still figuring it out where there's a hybrid where maybe you go into school two days, you're at home three days, something like that. So they, they, you know, they threw this out there and they were asking people to basically sign up saying, here's the little information we gave you. Which one do you want to do? And it's like, wow, I have so many questions, but I'm supposed to make a decision. Cut to a few weeks later, they completely scrapped that and said, we're doing all virtual. And that's what they're doing. For the time being, you basically have two options. You can enroll in this virtual academy, which is basically, um, you know, you're in front of a computer screen teacher, uh, you know, a certified teacher is teaching you. And you have basically two chances within... Um, in the school year to jump back into an in-person. So like every trimester, if the conditions allow, you have an option to basically say, I would like to go back into the classroom at this time. And they may place you in a different school based on the resources and who's, who's available to teach where. You may not be going to your right school. You may not have your right teacher. Um, so we've got that option. Or you can do, you can say, I 100% want to do virtual all year. No questions asked. I don't even want to think about going back this year. So. That's really what our two options are. So needless to say, right now we are in front of a computer screen every day. As we were talking today, this was day two. A lot of challenges, technological challenges, as you might expect with internet, yeah. Wi-Fi. Um, my daughter's uh, class today was supposed to start at 9 a.m., didn't start till 10 because the teacher couldn't get her microphone working and her camera working. So. You know, my wife is all frantic, hitting refresh on the on the page, saying, "Why can't we connect to the to the team meeting?" Um, come to find out, well, yeah, it's not our problem; it was her issue, and we just had to basically sit there and wait for an hour. So, okay, now that we can wipe the sweat off our brow and and you know realize we didn't do anything wrong, okay, now let's try to figure out how to learn. You know, and then you've got the the uh, the issue with kids learning muting and unmuting themselves. You know, you're in a basically a Zoom call. Essentially, yeah. you can only imagine how bad it is. Those of us who work in the um, office environment, I do. I'm on conference calls all the time. If adults can't even figure out the mute button, how do you expect first graders to? Yeah, there's some real good stories about people that haven't unmuted themselves um, in, in my wife's environment. And now I work in a public setting and there are times I wish I could mute the people that are coming up to the counter. <laughs> Um, so, yeah. but yeah, I, I don't work in the office setting, so a little bit different for me. So, um, segueing into tonight, we had a, basically a, a parent teacher, not a parent teacher conference or orientation zoom call more or less with the teacher. So it was all the parents tonight and you had the option to turn your camera on or off. It really didn't matter. Cause we were basically just listening to the teacher talk. Some of these parents, um, decided to turn their camera on. One, one parent in particular, one mother was sitting there on the couch and her husband kept walking up and 
talking to her, you know, but you couldn't hear what she was saying because the microphone was muted. But at this one point, my wife and I are watching. The husband comes up from behind, takes his hand, places it under her bosom, cops a really good feel, <laughs> and starts making out with her while the teacher's talking. And you can see the teacher's expression. She obviously saw the video that I was seeing. I turned to my wife and said, should I be, are you paying for this? Is this like a, an hourly fee? What is this? I'm watching porn. Oh, man. You with the music. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a lot of challenges. I mean, if you're an adult or you're a kid um, with the video and, you know, the muting, unmuting. Um, and then the other thing, too, um, and, and I realize we're only in day two, so I'm hoping this is going to change, and I'm told it's going to change. But my daughter has been in front of a computer screen for seven hours. Today she was at, well, she started at 10, but she was from 10 to 4 with some breaks, but it was all live instruction. You know, at some point, I think we're going to actually get some physical materials and be able to, like, break away from the computer and, like, do some writing or some, you know, some some breakout groups and, and give her a break. But that's a long time to sit in front of a computer, no matter what age you are. Yeah, man, I tell you what, I, because of the type of work I do, I'm doing at home right now, being home, I'm in front of a computer often. And I have to, if I don't take breaks, I don't get anything done. So like what I do is I'll take a break and I'll do even like 30 pushups or something like that, or I'll take a break and I'll read a book. Um, I have hundreds and hundreds of books or I'll take a break and I'll just do something to get my mind off of whatever it was that I was just working on. I'll go for a, you know, a very short walk because I can't walk very far. I walked half a mile today, which was a huge milestone, by the way. Thank you. Um, you guys out listening to this might be like half a mile. Yes. It's huge for me. I walked half a mile. I'm really proud of myself, but yeah, breaks are so important. Think about school as kids. You know, I couldn't imagine being in front of a, a computer screen that long. We had, we were able to work on, you know, take breaks to work on other projects or take breaks to do recess, um, physical education. That's something that I'm curious on how schools are going to manage, you know, physical education. It's going to be almost completely up to the parents. I think so. I mean, so for example, my first grader has a half hour of recess built in, whatever that is. It's up to you. But like, you know, middle of the day, you get your lunch and then it's it's basically an hour block. So eat your lunch and then go do something physical, you know, go do something outside if you can. If not, just just disconnect and go do something fun, do whatever. Um, so yeah, it is going to be interesting to figure out what they do with uh gym um so right now my daughter the way they're doing it is they're breaking up their specials so the first 10 weeks they're gonna have art every day which is crazy um the next 10 weeks i think they've got uh what do you mean art should be every day well <laughs> but it used to be like once a week right when we went i i only remember going to art once a week yeah, that's that's right. I so wish they, it was more than that. I love art. I oh, love art. Yeah. So, so they have a, basically a half hour to an hour dedicated every day to art, which is good. My kid's very excited about that. She loves art. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, so there's going to be a 10 week block. And I think it might be in the winter time, which might be that might suck. But that that's her going to be her gym time. So, you know, more to come on that. We'll see what, what they do with that. 
Yeah, I strongly encourage, um, just because I personally believe physical fitness is important for mental well-being, and there are a lot of really good scientific studies that back that up, um, that if you get the chance with your child to do any physical activity, whether it's going for a walk or your child enjoys running, promote that in their life. Um you know, whether, whatever it is, whatever type of physical activity that you can manage right now um, in during this, I strongly encourage doing because there, it's rare that I would say that a kid's getting too much physical activity. It's good for building motor skills. It's good for building social skills. It's good for problem solving. There's so much that goes into complex motor activity that is good for a child's brain um if you want to do some research on it be my guest say you can even come back and say seth you're a complete idiot uh here's what i found please do that and message me on my twitter that i mentioned earlier i'm happy to respond to it but yeah any physical activity that you can get your kid in my book is a huge plus and i know that we live in northern states so come winter, it's going to be really difficult to get outside and do physical activities. So we might have to get creative at home in figuring out ways that we can, you know, do something. You hit the nail on the head there. Um, this is this is the greatest time if you're in the Midwest, in my opinion. Right now, September, October, man, you can go outside and not have to sweat your ball sack off. Um, this is where it's at. Yeah. Um, do the do the ball stuck to your leg. Jig. Oh, you know it. You got to do the the wide leg. Everybody, all yeah. men know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, is that guy farting? No, no, no. It's something. Else. <laughs> what I was gonna say is, you know, I've also been home since March, like 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 you know, um, working from home. And one of the good things about working from home is I try to find a half hour to an hour every day to go downstairs and exercise. I got a little room down here that's got my weights, and um, I'll throw on a workout on. Um, you know, my streaming and, uh, do a workout. It might be a boxing workout. It might be, you know, weightlifting, cardio, high intensity interval training, yoga. Um, but a lot of times my kids will come down now and they'll see me doing it and, and they'll jump in and they'll, they'll have fun too. You know, we've got little two pound weights and they'll, they'll do some curls with me, but they enjoy it too. Um, kids love being active. Um, and, and, you know, as a dad, mom, whatever, they feed off of you. So if you're going to sit on the couch all day and be on your phone swiping, that's then they're going to grab their tablet or whatever, and they're going to do the same thing. But if they see you out there and doing stuff, say, hey, let's go for a bike ride. Let's go Let's go play tag in the backyard. Uh, we've done that a lot. Uh, they'll do it, man. If you're excited about something, they'll be excited about it. Yeah, that, you know, kids learn from their parents by example. So what you do, they do. If you sit down at night and you watch three hours of TV, they're probably right there next to you sitting down and watching three hours of TV. If it's acceptable for mom and dad to do, it's acceptable for me to do. Um, yeah, that's a huge lesson you you learn as a parent. You learn as a parent pretty quickly, actually, um, and try and develop as, as good a habits as possible, uh, something I couldn't agree with more. Um, but I think... I think that covers everything uh, pretty well for tonight. Uh, J-Man, is there anything else that you want to say to the good people listening? Yeah, I mean, more to come on on how this, um, you know, school from home is going to go. I'm, like I said, I'm only in day two. And 
to all those parents there. Um, you know, like I said, we had the, uh, the meeting with the teacher tonight. She just said, you know, please practice patience with me. Give me grace. I will do the same for you and your kids, you know, practice patience with your kids. And I, I, I just, I'll echo that to everybody listening. Patience, patience, patience. We're going to get through this. This is not forever. Um, we'll get out of this, but, uh, for now, um, if it's hard for you, I mean, it's going to be hard for your kids. They don't know any better. And they're like, I, we just said, they're going to follow your lead. So if you can try to have a positive outlook on it and say, Hey, guess what? You know, you get extra time to play with your, your sister today, because, you know, normally you'd be at school for seven hours, but when you get that hour break, you can go play with her for a little while. And that's what they do. So find the positives if you can. Yeah, find the positives. Um, the other thing that I know it's really difficult right now, but the kids do what you do really rings true is if you can find it at, in all any way to just be positive, And I know it's a huge drain on us sometimes to just remain positive um, as parents uh, with a better understanding of what's happening in the world. But the more positive you are, the, the more positive our, our children are going to be. So yeah, just, you know, be positive, be that positive influence um, and reach, reach out to other people. Every other parent that you know is going through the same thing. So if you want to talk to somebody, you can reach out to myself. You can reach out to Jason through Instagram. You can reach out to us on our Facebook group. Um, check out Dad's Off Duty uh, podcast on Facebook. Reach out to somebody. There, there's strength in numbers and there's strength in admitting that you're not going through this alone. Um, and you're not. They're every you know Everybody who's a parent is going through it. So don't feel like you have to go through it alone because you don't. Uh, that's my final message for, for the night um, for those who are listening. But other than that, I just really wanted to say uh, thank you to everybody for listening today. Uh, this has been a really important episode and we will definitely be doing more and update kind of on this going forward, forward. And I look forward to talking to you guys next week. Other than that, you guys have a good one. And uh, for the evening, if you guys, if there are any dads out there, stay off duty. 